you ever send money internationally? I do it all the time for businesses and for personal reasons. Because of where I live and where I'm from, I often float between US dollars, Aruban florins, Swedish crowns, and other currencies too. Luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise? Well, there's one easy answer with three syllables, exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up and then they keep the difference for themselves. But TransferWise is different. TransferWise uses clever new technology, so you always get the real rate when you convert between currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies, and it even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies and convert them whenever you'd like. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money gets to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees other services charge. But you don't have to take their word for it. More than 4 million people are already saving, and you can do it too. Sign up at transferwise.com slash yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's transferwise.com slash yoga or download the app. So hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am so over the moon, beyond crazy freaking excited to welcome this week's guest on the show. An esteemed singer-songwriter, this is a real live superhuman who's written songs for Cher, Rihanna, Christina Aguilera, a bunch of cool people. I honestly think this is the first time I have a guest on the show whose songs I literally just sang in the shower this morning. Welcome to the show, LP! Hey, how you doing? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Hey! <laughs> uh, how, welcome to the show. How Thank are you? you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm, it's nice to be in LA for a second. Yeah, was it a while ago? <laughs> yeah, I was. I haven't really been home much since January. Um, I started, like, I went from, like, a a U.S. tour to a Russian, Eastern European, Ukraine kind of tour for uh, like a while. And then I went on a European tour and then I went on a writing trip and then I came back here. And I'll oh, man. next week for a European festival tour. So yeah, it's been a lot of touring. Does that come easy for you, life, life on the road? Yeah, it's pretty easy. You know, I mean, not easy, I guess, by some people's standards. But, I, you know, I think it's once you get into a rhythm, it's, you know, and, and it depends. Like, you know, like flying a lot is not, is very difficult, I, I think, you know. But being in a bus can be like, you know, it could, it could be cool because you just sleep all night. You know, like you get a lot of sleep. The biggest thing is sleep. If you're getting up early for flights, it's like brutal. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's my hardest thing. For me, it's the other way around. I could never in a million years sleep on a bus mm. <laughs> or in a car, but on a plane, like it's well, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you have beds and everything, so you'd be surprised. Those beds yeah. in the bus can be really just like blackout. It's like, I don't sleep in that. I, I have like the bougie suite in the back, which is like oh, a man. whole room with a big bed. But, you know, sometimes I sleep in the in the bunk just to get a good night's sleep. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like they call them the coffins, you know, it's just like a, a black... <laughs> box and you go in there and you just like die for eight hours you know it's kind of nice like what they have at those japanese airports like those little holes in the wall yeah yeah but you oddly get really like into it you know like once you get used to it you can get really down you know yeah yeah, the hum of the motor so the 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 name of this show you know it's, it's from the heart so speaking totally vulnerably from the heart right now you know how are you on a heart level i'm good i mean i'm i'm okay i'm a little bit my rhythm is a bit off because i want to be home like 
it's hard to schedule in downtime. Downtime's a different, uh, like a difficult thing to schedule. And you could schedule all you want, like all the work you want, but like to just go, ah, let's relax for a week. <laughs> it's weird, mm. <laughs> you know? So like I kind of, you know, I have a difficult time doing that. And that's what I'm trying to do yeah. right now. And then I'm trying to fit in all the things and, you know, people hit me up for sessions like while I'm home and I'm like I don't want to do that right now you know like kind of writing sessions and stuff and and so and then I'm like yeah but it's a big opportunity should I do it you know <laughs> and then I'm like I should stay home and watch Netflix and I'm like eh, why mm. you know I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of vibe you know <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but uh-huh. eventually that happens you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's like I'm it's hard to say no with what's too much you know yeah, but I mean, it's hard to say no when it's awesome. Does it does it get easier with time, you think, to just kind of drop into relaxation mode? Because I find some people are really good at that, to go from 180 to just super chill and then go again. And some people need that. I, I need that yeah. kind of wind down time. Like after a week, then I chill. I mean, that's my, my yoga practice is like a major part of that. It truly is the thing. Like, you know, there'll be times when I, my show's coming up at nine o'clock that night, let's say, and I'm just like... You know, I could nap or I could do, you know, an hour of yoga and the hour of yoga always wins because it's just like, it's almost like more replenishing to me than a nap because it's just like, you know, when you get, I mean, you know, as you know, your mind is pretty much everything, you know, how you're thinking about things, like what you're thinking about is, you know, a lot. And when you calm everything down and, you know, get your body in sync with your mind in that way, it it kind of has to me like a revitalizing kind of effect. Yeah, I think it's you don't you don't uh, talk about your yoga practice a ton. No, I don't. Do you think are you a closet yogi? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> yeah, I don't do closets anymore at all, but like I just think that I'm, you know, I think it's just like a, it's more private to me and like I don't I don't like to push it on people, but if they ask me and then ask about it or when you know when people are like complaining about certain things that I know yoga would help with I'm like yeah yoga really helped me with that (laughs) Hmm. how did it how did it make its way into your life I was it was like my first record deal my first major label deal and I was really crazed and everything my my dad passed away and it was just a very rough time and I just was like feeling very like I was screaming inside, you know, and I'm, I went to this place with my girlfriend at the time called Parrot K. It's this beautiful place in like Turks and Caicos, and she was uh, working for Calvin Klein, which owns it. So we got this really good rate. So we'd go to this really nice place and they have all kinds of spa stuff and yoga stuff there. And I, I did yoga for the first time there. And I was like, I sat on a block, you know, in the beginning and the end of the class to like meditate. And I was like, holy crap, this is like the best I've felt in a really long time. And then uh, I came back, you know, I was living in New York at the time. And I came back, I started going to Jiva Mukti, actually, pretty Mm. quickly. And then I had other places, I, you know, I would come when I, I was going back and forth to write for um, my record. So I was coming, that was when I first started coming to California a lot too. And I went to this place called City Yoga for a while, which is now Yoga Works, where I go now too. But it's on uh, like Fairfax and um, and uh, Santa Monica, and it was on Usara place. And I don't know, I just kept going, and it just kept getting better and better. And and it was like learning an instrument or something, you know. It's like it was like weeding out like the aches and pains of of things. And and you know, I played soccer my whole life, but I never like thought I was 
flexible or anything like that. So it was kind of a new thing for me, and it completely changed my body and completely changed my life. I I, I love that, and I love that it's such a because it's really one of the few practices or, or lifestyles or whatever you want to call it that you can take with you through anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, buses, hotel rooms. Oh man, you know, I've you done get old. Yeah, I'm always like I'm always on my mat, you know, in some place. You know, I'll be in like Prague or I'll be in like. Jeez, I mean, Istanbul or something like that. And I'll be like, I'm doing <clears throat> yoga here. Wow. I've done yoga like all over the world. And it's like very, and I love that we have lobby call every day at a certain time when we got to start like doing soundtrack and doing all the things. And, you know, when I get down a lobby call, I'm like ready to go. I'm like, I don't, like I did my exercise. No one's the wiser. No one, you know, one saw me in my workout gear <laughs> per se, you know, <laughs> and I just like, and I'm all done. And like, I don't know, it's like a really nice feeling to be, for it to be private and contained like that and still get the most out of it. You know, I love that I can do it anywhere because I used to run before I did yoga and it felt very, first of all, felt very taxing and it was difficult, you know, if if there wasn't a treadmill somewhere, then you got to go outside and, you know, running in a place that I don't know with headphones on usually because that's, you know, how I like to do it just felt too loose you know <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. too scary and too like you know and you know and I'm, I'm a singer I can't like can't be like out in the cold breathing in ice cold air if I'm gonna you know it's like a whole bunch of things and and you know and then I just started doing yoga and I I felt like I was in way better shape I'm, I'm way more fit than I, running ever made me and and I got to you know also have a spiritual vibe with it so that's dope yeah, I think that's a, that's a super cool transition I just started running like I'm doing the opposite of you and I can kind of I'm just a few weeks into it but I can really enjoy the kind of explosiveness there's something yeah. about running where it's just kind of like go that I that I really enjoy right now yeah. I don't know I think yeah but also now space. you've got like the thing with running I think is that it's not necessarily like it, it it doesn't give you strength and I think the yoga does like it you know like I call yoga like the microwave of exercises because it like kind of tones you from the inside out the microwave of exercises because <laughs> yeah. like the microwaves like like cook food from the inside <laughs> and uh and so I just feel like it kind of like does that and and, and running I don't know running without anything you know without m- muscle training I don't think running really like does too much for you except you know obviously you're kind of cardio shape but I don't know it just didn't help but I I bet like running after you're already yoga strong is kind of better (laughs) yeah I think I got a little lazy I mean to be honest so I I had a had a baby she's two and a half and then my yoga practice went from dynamic and kind of intense you know to just if I have five minutes in the day where no child is screaming in my ear I'm just super grateful so there's something about just sweating really fast you know I have 20 minutes and I can really break a sweat I kind of I kind of love that but something that I find and this is something that I I talk on on the show about a lot that for someone who is totally new to yoga or they've never tried it before and then you hear you know oh I found yoga at a hard time in my life or it helped me it helped me process a challenging moment or I, you know, use yoga as a way to move through grief or through the struggle I went through. What do you think it was about the practice that that helped you in that in that challenging time in your life? I think just to calm down, because you can say you want to calm down and you could think about calming down, but without actually taking some steps and, you know, breathing and all that stuff, it's it's kind of it's like hard to articulate what's actually happening whether you're whether you're actually calming down or not and yoga was as you know i'm sure like really used as a practice to get 
people ready for meditation. So it's like getting, calming your body down like that is not something we're really taught to do. I mean, in fact, quite the opposite. And I think people equate sometimes in our culture with like calming the body down with like laziness or being, you know, sedentary. And that's really not what it is at all. I I think it's, you know, it just, it, it's something that, you know, when like all that stuff about, you know, dis-ease, like if you're in a state of, of uneasiness, you are like headed toward disease <laughs> inside. Mm. I mean, I think my, you know, I think I, I think a lot of sickness is bred out of all the chaos that we're like constantly in. And if we can like calm down and, and better, it just like makes things better. I don't know for me anyway. And I, and believe me, I, you know, it's a constant whittling away at that. Like, um, you know, the hardest thing about all, all these practices and, and trying and discovering these things is maintenance, you know, and that's, that's what I like about yoga. It's a, it's a maintenance thing. You, you, you practice it, you know, or I do I, every day. I mean, yeah, you miss a day or here, you know, it's not like craziness, but like, but I think it's like, that's the thing that like makes something stick. And, and that's what I've noticed in music as well, you know, in writing, you have to maintain these things. And, and I think that sporadicness is like the enemy. So it was really worked for me. Are you naturally a disciplined person? Yeah, sort of. Yes, actually. <laughs> Some would say I'm very disciplined, but you know, I'm also wild. You know, I do all do so many things. I like work hard, play hard kind of thing. I think yoga is like one of those things that really kind of balances me out. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, to have that as a constant, at least for me, it's, it's one of those things that, and I've already seen that as proof in my own life. You know, you, life can kind of throw literally anything at me. And if I have that as a tool that I can pick up at any moment, it just, you know, yeah. saves me. Again yeah. And, again. and, you know, and also just like, you know, the physicality of like, what I do is like so much traveling and being on stage, you know, I'm on a different stage every night. And it sounds, you know, it, like, you know, I don't think you would think about it, but I get on the stage and it's like, there's all these different like angles and places and I'm you know always like running back and forth thinking like oh I can't go there I can't do that and I'm like jumping around like kind of and it's very physical in a way you know and and I feel like there's a lot of oddly some balance involved because you're trying to like get to people and work the stage in a way and it's different all the time so I feel like I'm using all different muscles at all times and I'm like you know and also sleeping in weird beds and sitting in weird chairs and and so I feel like when I get into downward dog and I just feel my spine go like, like and get into place, you know, and it's mm. it's so nice to, you know, it's like having tools is everything, you know, like as a singer, you know, I'm pretty trained and I do all these exercises and scales and everything and I would be lost without them. Like I don't, I can't hit the stage without doing them. Like I, you know, those like stress nightmares that you have about like not being ready for something that's my hmm. my nightmare is like I can't find my phone that has all my exercises on it to you know get to <laughs> stage to like hit the stage to be properly warmed up to sing and that's what you know yoga is it's like it lets me do all the things I have to do and with impunity with impunity I, I love that how big are the shows that you're playing right now they range, you know. I just did a European tour that was like kind of smaller so that the 
it wouldn't like you know the festivals could be be more charged you know like make sure it didn't like use it all up but and they were like all the shows were like i don't know from like two to three thousand and then in like you know i did a bunch of shows in eastern europe that were like six to eight thousand you know they're they're big they go all over the place <laughs> in the u.s i was doing like 1500 to 2500 so you know, and, and it's fun. Like, I really like, you know, my favorite range is, like, probably between 1,500 and 3,000. I feel like I know how to work that kind of stage really well now, and, and I can see people when I'm doing, like, over four or five. I feel like I just want to catapult my body out to the, like, last rows and kind of see mm. people, you know. And I, I literally try to do that. I once tried to, like, get out there, you know, and I got <laughs> mobbed, and it was terrible. <laughs> but it's, like, a very... Like, I just did the, one of the last shows of the European tour was, like, a, this beautiful old theater called the Olympia in Dublin. And that was, like, I think, like, 1,600 people or something. But the way it was built, I, I posted it on my Instagram. It's, like, one of the, it's like a audience shot from backstage. And it just was such an experience. I literally got to look at everyone's faces and while they were singing along. It was, like, this massive you know, seemingly drunken sing-along, um, not just because we were in Ireland, but it was, like, really, <laughs> really cool, and just, like, I'll never forget it, like, I literally, it's, like, it was breathtaking, you know, like, kind of, I couldn't believe it was happening, and I like that, you know, I like to see people and see the effect of my work or whatever. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Ladies, does anyone else out there have that old faithful bra they wear so often? You know the one, it's comfy, supportive, it looks great. I know you do and I know exactly where it came from. If you haven't found your perfect bra yet, look into 3rd Love today. 3rd Love has created the most revolutionary comfy and supportive bras imaginable. Using millions of real women's measurements, they took breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. They offer double the number of sizes that most brands offer, an incredible 70 sizes, with cups from 8 to 8, including exclusive half cup sizes and bands up to 48. You can easily find the perfect one for you by taking 3rd Love's Fit Finder quiz and you'll be among 12 million women who have found their perfect size to date. Their team of expert fit stylists are also dedicated to helping you find the right bra for you and they're available every day via text, chat or phone. In 60 seconds, your order can be placed and on its way to your house. With 3rd Love, the details make the difference from premium fabrics to expert design. They use ultra-soft fabrics, lightweight memory foam cups, straps that won't slip, and tagless labels to avoid itching and create the most comfortable bra you will ever, ever wear. You have 60 days to wear your bra, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Try a Third Love bra today and surrender to the support it will give you. If you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra out there for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heart for 15% off today. I think that uh, something that so clearly shines through when you you know when I when I listen to your music and your songs and I think especially the the the, the last album it's you you have this ability to to convey feeling in a really really beautiful way mm, I mean I, I can listen to just a, a song I've never heard before and I get goosebumps just with a line like there's something I don't know I think you're super unique in that way Thanks. do you consider yourself a really you know, vulnerable person? Do you have your heart on your sleeve all the time or is it? 
when you sing or when you write? I don't know. You know, she'd ask my uh, fiance that question. Yeah, <laughs> what does she think? She's all, <laughs> I don't know. She thinks I'm like, you know, she thinks a million things. I, why don't you ask her? <laughs> no, I mean, I think I'm a very emotional person, you know, but like I think I'm at once like kind of guarded and open at the same time. But I just like when it comes to music and me singing, it's like my most emotional and I guess I guess vulnerable. I don't have a problem being vulnerable it, musically. Maybe personally I do, but I don't know. It doesn't like, I'm not, it doesn't bother me. I really, you know, like, you know, the whole, my album that I'm touring with right now called Heart to Mouth, that, that title in itself is, you know, just about how I, I was, I said it in an interview one time and I decided to make an, it the album title because I just felt like it was an apt description of, of how I write. And when I'm on the figuring out melodies, I'm, I feel like I'm, when I when I know something's right, it just feels like this direct line from my heart out my mouth, you know, and I feel like I'm really kind of saying what I want or what's what's going on with me, you know, and so I just like look for that, and then I guess that it, like I I feel like as I you know the better I get at writing, whatever I feel like I know when I've like kind of tripped upon something that is going to be it's going to affect me for a while and my audience you know do you ever get um you know is there such a thing as a vulnerability hangover when you write or when you, you know, <laughs> when you share that piece because it's so personal I mean I'm sure it must be so personal you're sharing this piece of your own heart and then now there's millions of people out there that you don't know who are resonating with it in in their own way do you ever feel yeah. like it's well that's the key though that it's in their own way I don't feel any you know I feel like for me I'm like I'm just being the conduit for them to reach their own emotional kind of place I don't I don't think that I'm sitting there and they're like you know I'm sure I'm sure f some fans are like you know going oh my gosh she went through that with so-and-so you know <laughs> like, you know <laughs> but it depends you know sometimes you know I sent a song f that's going to be on my next record to a friend and it's not about me it's actually about a friend you know that more so the person I wrote it with we were talking about what she was going through and then we just kind of I went off on this like thing about it and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's not that, you know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I mean, I've written, there's some things like that are, it's hard, I think it's hard to write about, you know, your lover sometimes, you know, and they, like, look at you like, really? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry. I'm sorry. But, but it must be, I mean, cr crazy, crazy too, somehow. I mean, can we talk about Lost on You? I mean, yeah, th this is a song. I mean, I, I just saw a billion streams. Mm -hmm. A billion. That's a million millions. <laughs> I mean, probably like half that's a million funny. of those streams are mine. But <laughs> is it insane? Like, does it just, can you wrap your head around that? And I guess, what's it like yeah. having a song that's so big, that's um, so out there everywhere? It's the record, the billion streams. But it, there's there are like, you know, most of them are probably, you know, a good portion of them are lost in you. But Okay, yeah. but it was this song. Okay, yeah. okay. But it's um, it's amazing, you know, and I know, and the song keeps going, you know, like I, I hadn't been to uh, Mexico or South America yet. And very recently, well, uh, the new record hit Mexico too, but also um, Lost in You was like, number one Shazam for like two months in a row like just like a couple a month or two ago and uh, all my shows um, like I had this huge gig at uh, Viva Latino and people were going bananas for every song I played and I was just like wow I couldn't believe 
it was like, you know, three years after Lost and You came out and, and you know, now it's also going down in South America. And so it's exciting, you know, it's like it's that song is just like really like kind of seems to penetrate people. And, and I think it's like everybody's got their song that gets them into the bubble, you know, <laughs> and uh, I think that song is I'm really happy it's that song because it feels like it just shows all the things that I'm about. What what inspired you to write it? Uh, well, I was in, you know, my ex, actually, because I was in this relationship. It was like we were like going on five years and it was like my my deal with Warner Brothers, like my record before that was kind of like it could tell like shitting the bed, basically, like, you know, everybody was kind of like the wind was going out of the sails of the project. A lot of people getting fired from the label. And, you know, and my ex, I didn't know it at the time, but was um, kind of grappling with the fact that she was also having like feelings like love feelings for somebody else but I just didn't know where the hell she was like she just seemed very absent in our relationship and I was you know so everything was kind of like slipping through my hands you know and I just like it came from that you know it was like and it was written like a few months before we broke up and then we broke up and then we got back together and kind of tried to work it out without living together and stuff. And it was it was just like a nightmare kind of scenario. And um, but I think that that you know that song is I'm kind of fascinated with the the feeling those first feelings of like wanting to leave someone. You know, like when you know you think about all the stuff that leads up to and and comes after a breakup. But what is that? What happens when that final molecule pops and you go, oh, I need to break up with this person in your head it's like kind of like I get that vision of like an astronaut like falling off the shuttle and just going into space <laughs> you know this kind of like oh shit you know this is you know it's going down right now you know and uh, I think everybody can kind of relate to that that kind of romantic kind of feeling of sadness you know that it's like you want to save it but you kind of know it can't be saved but don't you think it's a little bit like that with, you know, any transition? I think as human yeah. beings, we don't do so well mm-hmm. overall with, with endings or with transitions of no. of any kind. No, I mean, I hate transitions of all kinds. Like even, you know, every, like everything is so like dramatic with me. It's just like, oh, tour. <laughs> oh, the end of tour. Oh, going back <laughs> on tour. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, relax, shut up, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I'm always like, it's like, but once I get in anything, I'm like, yes, this is great. But like, I really, I'm constantly like kind of freaking out over like, you know, getting back into the swing of whatever the hell it is. Hmm. But it's kind of like the yoga practice too. I mean, Mm. the transitions, like that, that moment for me can be the most, uh, I love that, that the space in between A and B. You know, how can I get myself to that place in a different way, maybe? Or why does it feel so differently this day when yesterday it felt great and today it feels icky? Or yeah. it's kind of that practice of just being okay with uncomfortable. Oh yeah, I mean that's a, that's the biggest thing that yoga has given me, like is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, I think I hmm. I definitely. You know, that's what I mean about, like, even, like, heat. Like, it used to be, like, oh, I can't breathe out of here. You know, and now I'm literally, it's, like, July, and I'm, like, getting my hotel room. I'm, like, click, off, no AC, and I don't, you know, be there, like, a day or two, and, and it'll be off. <laughs> and people are like, are you out of your mind? I'm, like, 
I don't feel it, to be honest. You know, like, I, it feels right. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like, you know, what I do is, as much as I love it, you know, I definitely didn't, like, grow up and look in the mirror and go, like, I definitely have to be seen. People need to look at me. <laughs> you know, like, that wasn't my <laughs> objective for going out into the world and doing this. So, you know, I am legit uncomfortable, like, kind of being seen all the time sometimes, you know, and I've made my own world and I'm very confident in it. But, you know, like, I, I went to this fashion show yesterday and I just all these crazy, cool, like, fashionable people and you just feel like, once again, like, ooh, I feel awful. <laughs> you know, like, oh, where I'm uncomfortable in my head. But, you know, it's just things you got to do, you know. It's like even, like, being on national television, you know, in all these different countries, in my country, whatever. That was, that part of things was really hard for me to, like, kind of, do and I think you know my yoga practice and all the things like had a part in me being able to like deal with that and and feel comfortable because it's the only way to get your stuff out there you know you want to be a musician it's like you got to do all the things you don't get to pick and choose you know like I have a friend that he you know he wants to do he wants to you know have people singing his songs but He's like anti-social media, doesn't want to be on social media. And I'm like, you know, that's not possible, right? Hey. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. I said, unless it, unless you make it a thing, unless you're like, hey, my thing is there's no thing. Yay. <laughs> you know, like, my try, thing is there's no thing. find me. Like, <laughs> like find Baldo in like life. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of cool going that way too. I have a, a one of my sisters, I have... Uh, how many? I have six sisters. Um, one of my sisters, she's a tattoo artist. She's uh, super cool. She's like at another level of, you know, I think she thinks like my world of, of yoga and, and family life. It's like I'm on another planet than her. Yeah. And when she was just starting out as a tattoo artist, I was like, man, I'm going to help her out. And I'm going to, you know, blast her stuff on social media, get her like, you know, a bunch of followers and, you know, she can kind of grow her stuff. I have never seen her more upset in my life. She's like, delete that. I do not want to be promoted. I do not want to be known. Like, this is not, I don't want all these yoga people in my space. You know, (laughs) I'm doing this on my own. And and now it's like two years later and she's, you know, really has a, you know, has a whole thing going for herself her own way. So, I mean, for sure you can do things your own way, but it's hard if you want to, if you want to be home alone and not talk to anyone and get your stuff out there. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference between because I mean, life in the public eye, of course, must be super challenging at times. Do you think there's a difference between, I, I contemplate that sometimes, between being looked at versus being actually seen? Mm. You know, where in some, uh, even in my, you know, little yoga bubble, when I, when I can teach a class and I can have a thousand people in that class and feel super vulnerable, intimate, in tune, everything is amazing. But then I have, you know, yeah, I'm talking, being interviewed for something and there's 10 people there and I hate it and I feel like they're all looking at me and I'm like, yeah. why? I don't know what to do with my hands or am I standing weird? Or <laughs> like- Yeah, I mean, I, I just did this, um, I did a, a charity event for LGBTQ this uh, at the center in New York City for uh, L'Oreal sponsored it and it was like this really cool event, you know, to... Um, for you know, to get people to donate to the LGBTQ center, you know, to like fight for human rights and all these mm. things, I had to sing in front of like 300 people at this little dinner, and they're all like you know, badass you know, legal people and fashion people and all these you know, 
really great minds and and just not necessarily not fans that's after like literally coming home from like a sold out tour and kind of being like oh god here we go you know but it was amazing you know and they were very receptive and but like beginning that I was just like just filled with dread <laughs> you know and just like you know it's like it's like constant things like that the night before I was like doing a private gig where it was just like um a guy's birthday party that he hired me for because I don't know just 35 of his friends sitting on the grass you know and I was like wow <laughs> you know and again after like playing to like all these people and and you just kind of it's not always comfortable but I, I feel I've gotten much better at my inner world of like kind of just being present and being you know I, I, I think you know we're coming up the way I did in this business and how it took a while and then all the disappointments and the ups and downs and, you know, gave me this like invaluable perspective on the whole thing in general and just how meaningful it is to me to even be here. And so, you know, that plays into it. And I'm just like, if like 35 people on a lawn have a good time, great. If like 300 people at a um, charity dinner have a good time, that's great. <laughs> you know, and it's just about... Yeah. I think entertainment is really about making people feel comfortable and it's pretty hard to make people feel comfortable if you're not like having some level of comfort somewhere or if you're not able to like, you know, I, I have had times where I'm very uncomfortable inside, but I can like kind of convey an air of like comfortability. <laughs> so I've gotten good at that. Basically, I'm telling you I'm a fucking liar. How's that? No. <laughs> no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> No, but there's also that entering that space of flow where like, okay, I'm kind of uncomfortable. This feels a little bit awkward, but, you know, I can enter this space where I can just kind of yeah. flow with it and it and it works. And it's a constant, yeah. you know, it's it's literally a constant practice, I feel like. I'm I'm like, wow, I really enjoy putting myself in uncomfortable positions, don't I? Like that's that's what being I think an entertainer is. I don't think it it would be really hard to not do that because that's the only way also growth happens you know it's like the same thing with like you know your practice and and doing holding you know poses for longer or whatever and it's like it's like oh this is so uncomfortable right now I want to stop you know but that's the only way through to like greater strength and discipline you know you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl as many of you know, I have been taking my health super seriously lately. I took some tests with a doctor of functional medicine and I cut out so many foods that were affecting me poorly. And my morning vitamin routine is finally on point. There is one well-rounded vitamin that I absolutely love, one that fits perfectly with my seriously healthy routine and with my daily ritual, and it's called Ritual. Rituals Essentials is the obsessively researched vitamin for women that contains the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food. And the part I love the most is that all the nutrients are the cleanest and most absorbable form. There are no shady additives or ingredients at all. In the morning with breakfast, I take two easy-to-swallow capsules and I'm provided with the nine nutrients I need to support a strong foundation for my health. Ritual is the vitamin reimagined. The company was started by a woman who couldn't find a multivitamin on the market that wasn't questionable. She began from the ground up to bring women everywhere D3 to omega-3 and fill the gaps in our diets in a healthy and transparent way. 
Ritual is traceable and transparent in more ways than one. The super cool oil in beadlet design is completely see-through, and for obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and all their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see on their website. For your added convenience, Ritual is subscription-based too. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door, no strings attached. Keep on top of your health and start a new Ritual today. Better health doesn't happen overnight, and right now Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. So fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash yoga girl to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash yoga girl. I think the... Your story, I think, is, 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 is really interesting. I think if you look at it from the outside, really with anybody who's in this moment, you know, in, in, in a moment of success or where everything is, is kind of exploding and it can look really polished and easy, where in, you know, reality, usually to accomplish anything, it's anything other than a straight line from, from you know, A to B. Yeah. Um, what was your path, you know, specifically in the, in the music business? I mean... It was the long and winding road, <laughs> basically. You know, I've had like seven record deals in the States, like three indie. Seven, that's yeah, three lot. indie and yeah. four majors and, you know, and counting, you know. I had four record deals and then I, you know, took two years off. Like, I didn't take two years off. I just thought the artist thing was over and I was going to be a writer for other people and that was it, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let's, you know, it's nice. I don't have to, like, I don't have people worrying about my image or worrying about, you know, <laughs> what I look like all the time and what kind of music. And that was a thing know, my, then? How, what I was going to seem like. What's that? Was that, and that was a thing then? Of course. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, their image is, because it's incorporate like your image, I don't just mean your like, you know, visage or whatever. Like, I mean, your like, your place in the musical, what you're about. Like, you know, like mm. when you see an artist, they have their thing a lot of times, you know, and you can tell, you know, when you start working with other people doing it, like that's another thing, you know, my perspective got broader when I started working with other artists, you know, and I'd see, I'd see like, you know, someone that had it, had it all, you know, looks, beauty, youth, talent, but they couldn't find that thing that made them different or that like, that, you know, that bunch of songs or that like kind of that vibe of their music that made them stand out, that gave them a thing. And, you know, you thought you were going to, everybody's behind it, you know, this kid, this person is going to be, nothing, you know, never hear of them again. And, and what do you think it is, timing or is it? It's a lot of things, you know, it could be anything. It could be their A&R guy got fired. It's, it's, you know, I tell this story all the time. I have to tell it like, you know, Lost on You. I was on Warner Brothers. Everybody started to get fired during my record. When I wrote Lost in You, what I was just talking about before, where like the record was like going, I had a successful EP that went well. I was touring, things were going well with that. They basically took me off the road because they wanted to finish this record. But the producer that wanted to do it, who was the chairman of the label, who had a million other things to do before it, kept like kind of pushing it back and also under the, you know, you know, kind of under this guise of like, you know, I'm being, I, I'm just being cautious because I want you to write bigger 
pop songs, you know, whatever. So I just kept writing songs, but then it was like another two years later after this EP had done well, and it was like kind of lost steam a little bit, and I didn't tour. But, you know, I was just doing my thing, just writing, you know. And over that time, everybody got fired, and then I was asked to come in to play new songs that I had for the new people that were in charge. And I played them Lost on You. I played them this song called Muddy Waters, which has been synced like 25 plus times. Um, and then a song called Strange. And they were like, oh, these are great. Thank you for coming in. Click. And I was dropped. And then I, I, I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know that I could, you know, I think we were up to five record deals at that point. And I was like, well, I guess that chapter's done. I guess I'm done, you know. I don't what else like what else could possibly happen, you know? And then I got signed by a, a small label called Vagrant, which I always thought was like a record label I'd like to be on. And then we were just going to see what happened. We we're going to put it out, but you know, they don't have a lot of money, so we put it out, but the cool thing was is that then Greece being the first one, the country <laughs> called up and was like contacted me on a DM through Instagram of all things. And I was like, "Hey, I really think Wait, Greece the country contacted you?" Yeah, like a, a <laughs> label in Greece, you know. And they were like, "Hey, you know, I couldn't get in touch with your label. They didn't hit me back. You know, do you um I think your music would really work well here. Can you give me your people's information?" So I did. And then, you know, they had a whole talk and all this stuff happened. And I thought they were talking about for film or television. And then, you know, next thing I know, my, my manager's telling me that it's charting in Greece. And then, uh, you know, and Lawson was almost, like, number one for, like, almost two years. They still, like, play, like, you know, I had two, two other hits there, other people, and uh, I think when we're high or something like that. And, and all of my songs are still in the top 100, like, rotation there. And, and, and But then it moved to Italy and France and all these other countries. And But if I wasn't, if I was on, you know, the truth is, is that if I stayed on Warner Brothers, I wouldn't be sitting here because... They wouldn't have pushed my records. They wouldn't have allowed Greece to put it out, and they wouldn't have put it out there. They just wouldn't. That's not what they do. That's not how they do it. You know, when you're on a label, that like, usually you got to hit in America first or wherever. You know, they don't just, like, drop kick your song into, like, a random country like Greece. But because I was on a label that was small and wasn't worldwide at the time or was, like, you know, loose about it, they allowed me to license my song out to other countries and then you know and when you think about this and you know I, I tell you this lengthy story because you asked me if it was timing or anything else no it's bullshit like this you know and it's great but it's also you know that song could have been never happened it could be sitting on my computer meanwhile I've got like someone I swear to god in like Bulgaria or something like that like crying and look at me like so you must have known when you wrote this song that it would be. I was like, I didn't know shit, dude. I got dropped <laughs> for this song. Like, literally dropped. I had a guy, this president of this label, he listened to Lost in You, and then he goes, you want to hear something great? And I was like, oh, of course. Please. He goes, check out this song. He plays me a song, me, a song, by a man who's not gay about being gay. What? <laughs> I mean, shit like that. You can't make this shit up. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to play me a song about being gay by someone who's not gay after I play you my songs that you're going to like <laughs> judge whether I'm on the label or not? Wow. Wow. Oh my God. Mic drop. Oh, what okay. the fuck? So yeah, so like stuff like that, you know, like I can't, like these kind of stories, you know, again, I just tell them and, and my biggest accomplishment in my life and I may not sound like it through this story but is not being bitter. If I was bitter, I couldn't do this. You know, that's what my practice, mm. my spiritual practice plays into that, you know. But, like, these stories, like, they must be told because I want other artists to have some faith and to, like, just shine a light and be like, 
one man's trash is another's treasure, as they say, you know, and I really, I'm just so constantly aware of that I'm like living the what if life, you know, and, and from a couple of different sides of the coin, but like definitely on this one, like, holy shit, this is like, this is like the thing that you like, the father, what's that, the, um, the ghost of Christmas past comes and usually tells you like, you know what could have happened? <laughs> this, <laughs> you know, that's my life, you know, and I'm really super hyper aware of it. And, uh, you know, I think my practice and my, and my whole thing plays into that because I can, I can appreciate everything in real time. You know, it's nice. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. As you know, I love to cook. And over the past few months, it's been a way of meditation for me. And recently, my love for cooking has taken one of its greatest challenges yet. When I got the results from my recent health test and I realized I'm almost not allowed to eat anything anymore. It's hard to be creative when all of your favorite tastes just kind of go out the window. Luckily, I love trying new things. Recently, I whipped up an amazing three bean chili with quinoa. I add chickpeas, kidney beans, a bunch of veggies, sweet potato, my favorite herbs and spices, and of course, Bob's Red Mill quinoa. It's the perfect, complete meal. Right now, there's nothing like healthy, satisfying comfort food that's getting me through these challenging times of limited menu options. What you put into your body is just so important, as I recently learned firsthand how my foods have been affecting me. That's why I'm so, so, so thankful for companies like Bob's Red Mill that produce quality products that I can actually stand behind. They make it possible for me to eat healthy and still cook delicious foods for myself, for Dennis and Lealuda. I've had to cut out all gluten products, and for anyone with celiac disease or gluten sensitivity, all Bob's Red Mill's gluten-free products are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility to ensure no cross-contamination. It's such a relief to be able to feel safe and confident when I'm eating. Thanks, Bob's Red Mill. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirl and enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. One man's trash is not just another man's treasure, but the, the whole world's treasure, literally. And I think it's, there's so many, but there's, it's so easy to, in that moment, just say, okay, well, you know, I tried it, I tried it, I tried it, it didn't happen, it didn't happen, mm. and here's another person telling me it's not going to happen, okay, I'm just going to give up. Do you think there's ever that, there's that fine balance between knowing when to keep pushing and when to let go? Yeah, I Was mean, there a moment there when you felt like you did, okay, I'm surrendering, like it's not happening, and part of that letting go is, you know? yeah. The process just, of being picked up again? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think you got to keep that open. I think also, you know, like to me, it's just like you move on. You you write more songs. One of the biggest, and I watch a lot of artists like get it in and out of this this zone, that feeling sorry for yourself zone is really detrimental. And it's really hard not to fall into that as an artist sometimes because you get this like, well, if the world doesn't want to hear my stuff, if people don't want to mm-hmm. listen to me, then... And screw it, <laughs> you know. You know, and then the like this this sort of like hopeful. I I wish they would any anyway, you know. And I've I went up and down in that cycle many times, you know, before things happen. And again, like you know, I think the the through thread for me in this conversation is that I kind of you have to get back in it, you know. You have to you have to maintain that positive feeling, that kernel of positive feeling, wherever it is. That's not to say you're not going to be like negative sometimes like you know like I 
like my girlfriend would get like upset with me when I get in a negative thing. And I'm like, yeah, but that's my process. I have to like, you know, I can't be like, hello, kids. <laughs> like all the time. Like I don't have like, you know, <laughs> fucking four fingers on each hand, man. I'm like a real person. I'm not a fucking cartoon. I got to express myself. And that's how I, you know, write. And that's how I get into, I get into place, you know. Yeah, the process, the process. Right now, do you think that, um, do you have something really specific at the front of your mind that you're inspired by right now when it comes to writing or, you know, getting out of bed in the morning or? Yes and no, you know, I'm like, I have that beautiful, one of my teachers once said, one of the yoga teachers, you know, the practice of being empty is like ready to receive, you know, kind of thing. And, and it's really cool. It's a, like, I love that feeling. Like I feel a little bit like sometimes, you know, I I just feel ready to like kind of create. I had a really, I went to Greece a week or two ago because I, I just didn't have time to come home. So I like made it a writing vaca vacation kind of trip. And I was just so inspired, you know, and I just feel really ready because also, I, you know, when I was like, again, my perspective plays into it. I had those two years to be just a writer where I really didn't, I, I never saw all this coming. Not for a second. Definitely not. I was just a writer and I was just like kind of hustling and trying to write as many different things as I could. And, you know, when you're a writer, nobody, nobody's like, oh, do you feel like writing today? You don't feel like writing today? Do you want to go to a movie? Do you wanna, <laughs> what do you want to do? You know, they're just like, get in there and write. You know, you have to write. Like, you know, they'll send you to Tokyo for like a week and like, you know, did you get your eight hours of sleep? Good. Start writing right now, you know. And they want results and I think that that really made me a stronger writer where I just like I get in and do it I'm not like kind of waiting for inspiration I kind of I think that like getting down to it is just getting down to it and you know and sometimes sometimes it's awful like you know my my failed attempts or my days where I'm not or and sometimes you know they yield some kind of fruit but like there's days where I call it eating a sandwich with your eye <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's getting in there but it's not comfortable and it's gross and it's horrible you know I don't really I don't really know where to go on those days I just kind of go through you know like it's it's that's like life in general you just do it I yeah. mean yeah. did you did you read the, that book the subtle art of not giving oh a not fuck? giving of course yeah it yeah. got a little yeah. bit I got about three quarters of the way through and uh, I just like his you know sometimes a writer's language is like I just felt like he was saying the same thing, but I got the gist of it. Yeah, yeah I also didn't finish it, but that, there's that, that part where he talks about inspiration, motivation, and action, but yeah. I resonate with it. Like you sit around and you wait to feel inspired, and you're like, I'm not inspired today, so I'm not going to do the thing. Like, well, there's no inspiration. I, I, don't, I don't feel creative. Yeah. But actually, it's starting. Just take action, and then before you know it, suddenly, you know, totally, inspiration's yeah. there. I've gone through four hours of like dead zone, like nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom, like the song comes or the, you know, the thing comes and you just have to get through it, you know? I mean, that is life in general. That's like, you know, your yoga practice in general, you know, you know, you start it and you're like, oh dear. Okay. Some days you're just like, whew. And then you like round that turn of like, you know, you're, you're like 10 minutes, you know, 10 minutes away from Shavasana and you're like, awesome. Wow. Yeah. You know, and the whole perspective, like just like everything comes into like light and you're just like, I'm done now. Now I feel like, now I can go out and have five beers and a hot dog. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, yeah, but whatever sometimes. it is. <laughs> I mean, you never regret that. You know, no one, it's like no one ever leaves the yoga class saying like, oh, that was a waste of time. You know, oh, totally. Really... Absolutely. 
I mean, except once in a while when it's a class that wasn't, like for me, if it's a class that wasn't hard enough, I'm just like, yeah. If it wasn't hard all. enough. Do you ever do restorative, like anything? You yeah. Know, and, and, and you know, help? yeah, that, then I just have a conversation with myself and be like, stop being such a turd, you know, like restorative is good. <laughs> you did something good for yourself. Like, you know, you don't have to be like, what, what is it flatulation? I don't want, is that a, is that a fart or is that like hurting yourself? I don't remember what it fart, is. Fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. All right, man. So final question I have for you. It is a big one. So, so big one. I'm I, I, a big one. I mean, they're all big, um, but uh, I'm, all about service and I think the, the the part about yoga that a lot of people overlook or I think maybe it takes sometimes people a while to really understand it's a big piece of yoga is being of service and kind of the, the, the practice and getting on the mat every day it's for me at least it's a really beautiful way for me to fine-tune and get back into the core of my own heart where I know I have a lot to give so kind of weeding through the bullshit so I can realize that actually you know a lot a lot of things are overflowing in my life and I have a lot of power to change someone's day or change someone's life what bothers you about the world right now if you could change something really inspire change what would that be I mean I'd imagine it would begin with tolerance you know I think it's hard to believe that intolerance is like still there let alone that it's growing you know and people are getting more and more intolerant toward our differences. And it's like a direct relationship with like how many differences there are. <laughs> you know, it's like more hmm. and more people are like expressing themselves in such different ways and finding their truth in, you know, how they act and how they look and how they feel and what they will accept. You know, and there's lots of people that really have a problem with it and are really putting, the, you know, the screws in to try to stop it just trying to like you know they're trying to like stop a flood you know it's not it's not going to happen you know and i think that uh i really i'm interested in diversity and just i want to see all kinds of people and i and i feel like you know trying to represent and trying to bring those differences to light and just allow people their dignity you know i mean i think that's the, the biggest challenge, I think, for me in, you know, trying to trying to do that and trying to bring that through, like, you know, how how I am, like, you know, what I what I do and, and what I'm about, you know, and inclusion, you know, trying to, like, include all kinds of people and, and ideas in my life, you know. I know that's not really answering your question, per se, but... No, um, it is, it is. Do you think that, I mean, I think... You're, you're clearly doing this work already out in the world. And I mean, bringing people together and unity and, and music is such a, a powerful way to convey that message too. Is there anything you would like to leave our listeners with in terms of how they, you know, today at home could, could help inspire that change? I mean, I, you know, I think in some ways, and I don't, I don't mean this to sound like a cop-out, but I, I feel like you really, people that don't, understand even themselves I feel like are the least tolerant I feel like it's your job to be who you are it's like wear what you want do what you want say what you want you know I'm not saying to like go out and like hurt people through doing it but like try to like at least have a side practice you know again this is like you know yoga girl and the whole thing and I think you know your practice is like 
kind of peeling away the layers of the onion to understand yourself. And it's a step in the direction to understand who you are and a step toward empathy and compassion. And that is your job. Like, that's everybody's job. And if everybody did that more, they wouldn't be as concerned about other people being different because they'd understand that they have all that lying inside of them as well. So, you know, I encourage people to be themselves. I mean, I feel like, you know, in some countries I go to, I can tell, like, these women have never seen someone living as freely as me. And they freak the fuck out. And they're like, I want that for myself. And I'm like, you should fucking get it. Go get it, girl. You got it, you know? And I'm like, I'm nothing if, like, encouragement for people like that. And I'm not, you know, my thing is, like, more about trying to lead by example. I'm not, I hate telling people what to do. I really do. Like, I'm not, I'm neither alpha nor beta. Like, I won't, I hate being told what to do, but I hate really telling people what to do. And I think, you know, but I'm confident and I will walk in a room like just as confident as anybody. I don't, you know, I have nothing. I don't care really what's, what you have more than me. I'm like, I'm happy for you. I just like being who I am, you know, and I think that's what I'm striving for to show people it's possible. Hmm. And I mean, there's nothing more more inspiring than someone living their authentic truth. Yeah. You know, whatever that is, if it's genuine, it's gonna be, it's gonna be attractive. It's gonna you're gonna see it. You know, when that person walks in the room, it's gonna be real. Yeah. Thank you for being such a beautiful example of that for all of us. You have um, how long are you in LA right now? When is your next? I leave Wednesday trip. I leave what? <laughs> And where can people catch you if we have any listeners across the world right now waiting to find you somewhere? I'll be everywhere from Istanbul to, where am I at? Latvia, Estonia, Estonia, London, (laughs) Moscow. Moscow, um, Okay, hell yeah, everywhere. I I, want to be everywhere. (laughs) I'm going to do my very best to get off my little island and and, and catch one of your shows as Ah, soon as I can. Anytime, I'd love to see you. And uh, thank you so much for having me today. And and thanks for what you're doing. I mean, it's really cool. You know, yoga, I get annoyed sometimes because it's like kind of sometimes like people get so like, oh, it's like, you know, something that people in L.A. do. (laughs) Your mom does it, you know, but it's way more than that. And it's like I think it's the path to yourself. It's one of one of them, you know, and it's it's a really beyond that and that's why I was in the beginning so I said it was very personal because it is and that's like I I try to straight stay away from like you know it being trendy or whatever it's been you know Uh, it's it's certainly not trendy it's like over 2,000 years old you know so it's just trying to get back there absolutely coming home again and again yeah Thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody listening, you can find all of LP's tour dates, new album, everything on imlp.com or search LP wherever you get your music. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and a huge thanks to my amazing guest, LP. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work and thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Third Love, Ritual, and Bob's Red Mill. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.